The Fantasy Focus Football Podcast is presented by GEICO. Whether you rent or own, GEICO makes it easy to bundle home and auto insurance. Go to GEICO.com today. The Fantasy Focus Football Podcast is presented by ZipRecruiter. Forgetting to start the hottest quarterback in the league, Josh Allen, not smart. Using ZipRecruiter to find qualified candidates fast, that's smart. ZipRecruiter identifies people with the right skills, education, and experience for your job, then actively invites them to apply. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash 06010. ZipRecruiter.com slash 06010. Aloha, good Thursday to you, Field Yates, Mike Clay, Star Fanya Bell. You getting in the uh, Aloha Friday spirit a little early? Yeah, I decided to make it Aloha Thursday because <laughs> I thought it was supposed to be warmer today. <laughs> it's snowing. Than it is By tomorrow, way, it's snowing. For all of you who may it's, not know, it's actually snowing. It's snowing in here in Connecticut, right. so my plan has been spoiled, but you know something? Not a weatherman. Every once in a while, well, people sometimes do compare fantasy That's forecasters true. to weather forecasters. And they use it as an insult, right? As if it's in any way an insult. Like I will be, like I want to be Ginger Z. So don't tell me that being a meteorologist is a bad thing. Ginger seems to lead a blessed, she has a, awesome yeah, life. she has just pretty cool existence. Yeah, Al Roker too, right? I know. Yeah, both of them are they get legitimate to travel stars all over the eyes. world. And yeah. We get to travel. The only part about meteorologists, like, I will never understand. And I, I'm, I'm, um, the Weather Channel guy who, like, chases the storms, whoever oh. that is. Um, like, I forget his well, name offhand. There's, there's a bunch of, like, I know the most well known Weather I Channel know, person. Oh, I know. Uh, Having a moment. The name will come to me, yeah. I'm sure, in we'll a moment. We'll think of it, Derek. Come on. But, Sophie, you know, you help us out, Bailey. The up. guy who goes and chases the most ridiculous, incredible storms. And you always ever, see him, like, hanging like, onto the walls. What are you doing? <laughs> like, why, like, what is it, what is appealing about going and standing in, like, 100 mile an hour with a torrential rain? Yeah. You have something. No quite. Yeah, I was just going to say a uh, shout out to Mike Clay, the meteorologist in Tampa Bay. You know how like there's always people with your same name, right? Not, yeah. Maybe not as Stefani. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I don't but know. A lot of people about have, yeah. no. you know, there's some like here we have Matthew Barry and Matt Barry, you know, like there's always similar names or exact names in this case. Yep. Uh, so shout out to at Mike underscore Clay, who is a meteorologist, happens to be. In Tampa Bay. You know what? For people that say like, oh, it's always hot we in should, Florida. They have some crazy forecasts. Down we should there. compare your your predictions and his like when yeah. we, who's more we accurate? Say, yeah, who's more yeah. accurate? Right. Does he have a we, big fancy computer and puts it all in the Maybe that's a good you know question. What? Actually. I wonder. We've traded some tweets in the okay. yeah, yeah, in the past. Yeah. Just, just here and there, kinda of joking around about our names and stuff. Okay. So. Got it. Yeah. yeah. Mike Clay the meteorologist better than Mike Clay the fantasy mm-hmm. analyst. Extra, extra, read all about it. News or noise. Loud noises. All right, we got a lot well, some news to get to today. Let's begin. As we got this news mid-show yesterday, so we didn't have the chance to really dive into it in full. And it regards Carson Wentz, um, he, as we now know, is unlikely to play on Sunday, Stefania. Would you say that you have any more information or sense of what the timetable might be for him compared to where we were about 24 hours ago? Not really. I do think that people are talking about, well, you know, when you hear a guy is out, with something like this. Yep. This is the time of year where everybody goes, well, is that it for the season? We had this a little bit with LaShawn McCoy yesterday where like, he may not play because of the hamstring. Well, he may not play the rest of the season. You start to make some of those assumptions based on where the team is. Um, obviously, Carson Wentz is so important to the franchise. I think I wouldn't be surprised if this turns into something that um, ends up being the the cap for the, of the season for him. Why? Because he already came back from major reconstructive surgery. We know he started the season late because of that. And he was on the injury report 
in October for multiple weeks because of his back problem. I think it got overlooked because he played through it. But this is obviously something he's been battling for a couple months that now is problematic enough that he might miss time. It's funny when you're talking about a topic and Twitter is open and a tweet that's relevant to that topic pops up. <laughs> we just weave it all in. So Adam Schefter, 30 seconds ago, <laughs> as Stefania was 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 explaining what was going on with Carson Wentz, added this context. Carson Wentz underwent a scan on his back Wednesday that was inconclusive and was scheduled to go undergo an MRI today on his back to help diagnose an issue that has plagued him for several weeks per source. Wentz is unlikely to play Sunday night versus the Rams. So the part that I think people are probably most interested in is whether they'll play on Sunday night. That part we, we believe is unlikely yeah, to happen. I would say you could rule that out. The other thing I would, since we're, since we now introduced this topic is that imaging when it comes to back problems is sometimes useful and sometimes completely not useful. And the reason being that there's a lot of uh, literature out there that you can image people who are 100% healthy as far as they know. They're not having any symptoms. They feel fine. And you could find a big bulging disc on an MRI that is completely asymptomatic. You could also have the reverse. Somebody who's got a lot of pain, experiencing back spasms, something similar to Carson Wentz, no neurological uh, deficit maybe, but their MRI is completely clean. So back pain is is quite a bit more complicated than it's not like you tear a ligament and you're like, oh, there it is. Um, so, I mean, on the one hand, when you say it's inconclusive, that's maybe a good thing because there's not something really obviously there that they need to address. But I would also say in his defense, if he comes back with everything clean, don't assume that that means, oh, he's fine. He'll play. You can still have a problem that's significantly compromising in terms of pain or ability to function, even if your scans are clean. Mm-hmm. All right, Mike. So I think that, the, you know, what we just talked about yesterday probably holds true. The, I think the reality was you were not likely to be starting Carson Wentz on Sunday night. He, he's been okay fantasy football wise. It hasn't been the cleanest operation for this Eagles offense all year, to put it one way. What does it mean for the other players on this Philadelphia offense? Just to recap what we suggested yesterday, whether it was Golden Tate's outlook, Alshon mm-hmm. Jeffrey. I don't think Zach Ertz is really, he's sort of immune to quarterback play, and he played well last year with Nick Foles. What does it mean for everybody else? Yeah, and and remember, this is an offense that, even with Wentz, was not really rolling on all cylinders. It was pass-heavy, it was running a lot of plays, or 10th in place this season, but they were 18th in touchdowns, so they weren't nearly as effective as they were last season. And uh, you touched on it, Foles, we haven't even seen a lot of fantasy success from him, unless you're counting his playoff performances, his last four starts in the NFL during fantasy season, QB 30, QB 19, QB4 and QB24. That's his last four games, including this season. So not a lot there. As for the other guys, as you mentioned, I think uh, the pass run balance will be similar, maybe a little bit more run for Josh Adams, but he doesn't do much as a pass catcher. So his value doesn't change too much. Still a flex option at wide receiver. Alshon Jeffrey, again, a good game against Dallas before that. It had been, what, a month and a half before he had had a good game. So I think he's still only a wide receiver three. Nelson Aguilar, Golden Tate, I would try to avoid neither of them inside my top 50 this week. And uh, Zach Ertz, you, you kind of uh, alluded to this just now. He's still going to see a pretty decent target chair. He's a very good player, has a shot at a touchdown in any given week. So I think uh, Ertz is still a strong tight end one option. Yeah, Ertz actually had kind of a down game last week, which is surprising. In a game in which the Eagles played pretty well offensively, mm-hmm. Zach Ertz held to just five catches for 38 yards. When I'm saying just five catches, it tells you how remarkable of a player Zach Ertz has been. He's on pace for an historic season perhaps breaking the record held by Jason Witten for most catches by a tight end in NFL history in a single season. All right, Odell Beckham Jr., speaking of players in the NFC East who are going for further evaluation, Stefania, Odell is not with the Giants today, 
is he is going out to get further evaluation, outside consultation, I suppose is one way to put it, on that quad injury that was a surprise to us last Saturday in advance of week 15. Or week 14. What are we in? We're in week 15. So week 14. Yeah. Yeah, I think, um, look, I interpret this as outside me, outside the facility, uh, their, their primary provider, Hospital for Special Surgery in New York. So uh, if they go to get imaging, they often go for the day up there to get worked up or even because they have so many experts up there, you could consult with multiple people at one time. So I, I think this just all it does is tell us that it's not anything to sneeze at. There's bruised quad that went from a limited workout and no big deal on Friday to then out of last week's game on Saturday is obviously something that's presenting enough of a problem that it warrants further evaluation. So I just went and took Odell Beckham out of my rankings mm. because I'm making an assumption that if you're going on Thursday to get further workup, uh, that's, that's not making me feel very good about your prospects for playing this week. Now I, I, I could be wrong, you know, maybe it's just some reassurance, but there's something that they want to look at and evaluate there, and it wouldn't make me feel great about starting him, even if for some reason we find out all of a sudden he is active, but I, I don't think it sounds great. They win last week and score 40 points. Remember, though, they had a defensive touchdown in that game against the uh, Washington Redskins. That was their first score of the game, and they had a 78-yard touchdown on a one-play drive by Saquon Barkley, plus a 10-yard touchdown uh, a 10-yard drive, I should say, for a touchdown. So there really wasn't a massive need for the Giants to throw the football a ton last week, Mike. But if we do have a scenario, once again, where Odell Beckham Jr. is out, I don't think anybody is feeling super confident that Sterling Shepard's going to be this you know, top 20 play because he had just two catches last week, albeit one was a touchdown. Yeah. But who is the play in this Giants receiving group if Odell sits? Uh, well, I think it's still Shepard, but you don't feel as great as you would have last week. Again, I would have liked to see a larger target share. You're right. If you fired him up, fired him up last week, you got bailed out by that touchdown for sure. Nonetheless, they're at home. They're playing Tennessee. He'll get Logan Ryan in the slot, who's been kind of up and down. He's a solid corner nonetheless. We've seen that since he was at New England. But I, I still think, I mean, you look at the other choices there. Corey Coleman, who was on the field a ton in this game, but did a lot of blocking. Benny Fowler. Will Davis, like these, these are the kind of guys, Russell Shepard. I mean, they're not guys that you feel like you're going to run your offense through. You're going to run it through Barkley. You're going to run it through Ingram and Shepard. They should be your top three guys for an offense that has registered a lot of passing yards this season. So, uh, not to mention they're playing better. They're scoring more often. And, and again, they're at home, uh, this week against an in- inconsistent Titans team. So right. I still think Shepard is a wide receiver three. At least. Yeah, I think that's probably where Shepard ranks as well. If Odell does not play, something to keep in mind here, Mike, and you sort of just mentioned it is that, you know, like, if this was them playing against the Saints, you might be like, they have to throw the football to keep up, or the Rams. But they're playing against the Titans, where like their idea of winning on Sunday might be sort of the Seahawks formula that I think you did a good job articulating recently, which is like, let's play not, I mean, don't lose. That's our strategy, right? And I'm not, that, that sounds sort of like an undercut at a team, but that was, that's been Seattle's mantra this year. Pete that's Carroll worked said for that. Them. Yeah. Yeah. That wasn't even a shot. Pete Carroll legit said that. Like, like, yeah. <laughs> our goal is to not lose yes. each week, which might, you know, and, and the Giants, I give them a lot of credit though. Like they played tough and competitive over sure. the past, what, six weeks where they're now five and one or four and one over the past five weeks. So I would say that, uh, you know, kudos goes to Pat Shermer, his staff and the entire roster. But let's keep an eye on whether Odell is available on Sunday. There's some uh, less than promising signs right now. T.Y. Hilton missed practice yesterday. And Stefania, when we were going back and forth on email, I said, oh, that, that's what T.Y. does. He misses every game or every every Wednesday. Then he plays on Sunday and usually, you know, kicks tail. However, this is a new injury that he's dealing with now. <laughs> it's all it's something. I mean. Look, when you go 
nine for 199 or whatever it was. Ridiculous mm-hmm. stats from last week. Do you guys remember that T.Y. was a game time decision last week? Right. That was that was the call. He was a game time decision because of his shoulder. And we were feeling good about his chances of going. He's a guy who does not miss games very often. Now, a soft tissue injury to his hamstring cost him a couple of games earlier this year. One or two. I can't remember. But those are a lot harder for somebody who's a speed guy who needs to go down the field to overcome um, not sure exactly what's going on with this ankle, but until this becomes a consecutive days of mispractice, I'm not going to worry about but his status. Even if it is a consecutive days of mispractice, right? I still don't mind. Worry about yeah, no, no, it, no. Right? I, I think three right, consecutive right, right, days. Right. I would That's what I meant. Yeah. Three, three days in a okay. row. I'm not at this point of the season. If you're the Colts, this is also we talked about this. You're trying to get your most important guys to Sunday right. so they can mm-hmm. play. So if that means a guy like Ty who doesn't need to practice. With Andrew Luck during the week to get on to get on board for the weekend, I think you rest him and you hope that you get what you got last Sunday. <laughs> Mike, I don't think there's really a takeaway other than like let's keep an eye on this tomorrow and the next day because if Ty plays, you are playing him. Albeit it is a difficult matchup. Will he make the wide receiver cornerback matchup this week? Uh, or do you not really do that with Dallas because they just play sides? Exactly, they do just play sides, so you don't have to worry about Byron Jones shadowing him. For right, example, right. Uh, we've talked a lot about how well he's played this season. You don't have to worry about that. He'll be moved around the formation and. Kind of like Tyreek Hill in, in a sense. Like they move him around a lot so he generates matchups. He'll, you'll see him run a route or two against linebackers. Like it's just, we, everyone complained when they noticed that happening with Keenan Allen when he was shattered on the perimeter by Joe Hayden, but inside he was drawing matchups with linebackers. That's not uncommon for slot it's receivers. Like, you see that all the time. I would encourage people that haven't yet to check out a diagram that was passed along by Matt Bowen. I was just going to say, like, Matt Bowen. And by the way, I, I I love Matt Bowen's diagrams from the beginning, but now they're like super 3D. Like you know, he's got yeah. he's, he's got some extra tools wall, at his right? disposal. But the bottom line he, is this: is like learn every you time. Play on the outside. There is a chance that the only person that you are responsible for or come across in a play is the wide receiver you are covering. When you cover a player in the slot, it's a traffic jam in the middle right. of the field. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. yeah, you know what's going to happen? Keenan Allen's going to play the Bears on some occasions. And they're probably going to cover him with a linebacker in some soft spots of his zone. Like that's football for you. Like yes. we wish if they if Chris Harris's grew on trees, maybe a lot of teams would shadow in the slot. But Chris Harris's don't grow on trees. They, they they're like unicorns. So, anyways, we're on a tangent a bit right here. But yes, uh, T. Y. Hilton. If something comes up in the next couple of days. Uh, yeah, then we'll just be advised. It is different problems, so yeah. we always do. You know, in all seriousness, take a look at that a little bit differently. Uh, Julio Jones also <laughs> missed practice yesterday. Stefania, he also misses practices routinely, and he well, continues you know, to Field. be underrated. I was going to say he's overrated, apparently, according to our co-host, who's uh, back today with more back, hot Daniel. takes on Julio. Do you want to say something about Julio not practicing? No, it's okay. I I got it all out. A couple days ago. This is what happens, Daniel. So this is karmic retribution. Here's the you, thing. You, you, you wait. You, you besmirch Julio and get sick. So we've got a you poll. You got that fever from your hot take. We've got a poll right now up on uh, at Fantasy Focus on Twitter. Which of my two hot takes is most overrated? Julio Jones being overrated or Shawshank Redemption being overrated? That'll end tomorrow at 8 a.m. We will have the votes for Friday's podcast. How many times can I vote? You can vote once, Stefania. <laughs> Don't be a cheater. Well, you can also create multiple both. Twitter accounts and then yes. vote many times. Yes, right? that's yes. accurate. All right, so yes. I've already created 72. I now have Field Yates, not Field Yates, <laughs> Field Yates, but the I is actually a small, it's like an, an F-E- L. F-E-I-L-D, and then Field the Yates, F-I-E, right? And then capital I-D, Yates. Oh, you know what Yeah, or Yates, Yates with the money sign. You know. Yep, that's yeah, I got all that as well. Yeah, I, I so. got followed by a yield fates yesterday. So, <laughs> oh, really, that adds up. So 
you're that's not interesting. Lying. Okay, yeah. yield, yield fates. fates. Shout out to you, yield fates. Um, <laughs> might have, I'm, I'm going to say tell Chapin to sign up for Twitter. She'll she'll vote. My yeah. sister Caddy will vote. I'm pretty They're much losing. can't wait to see all the votes. Anyway, more um, realistically, or more but, seriously, back yeah, to back Julio. to Julio Jones. Like Dan Quinn has already said, he expects him to play. So you can just take that one and put it aside. It's it's pretty much what we said. Like in Ty's case, when you have a guy who gets banged up during the week, you try and give them some relief um, so that they can then be available the following Sunday. Austin Hooper also on the list of missing practice. His is a little more vague and less common for him to miss so just keeping an eye on it obviously it's early in the week all we know is it's leg something in his lower extremity so did not practice wednesday uh keep an eye on it because he's been pretty productive you know fantasy the tight end position is just a toss-up after you get for, through the first handful so pretty important for austin hooper to be on the field this weekend all right well that's good news again we'll keep this updated mike we, we won't have to you know dig into this too much with the uh the matchup until we have more clarity on whether or not julio will or will not play but it sounds like based off Dan Quinn's comments and what's the yeah. you just said. Dan Quinn play. is uh, he's pretty transparent. He's transparent yeah. when it comes to mm-hmm. his players. Being We're gonna have Stefania do a power rankings of the head coaches <laughs> and just. <laughs> I like, did that one. Did you? Yeah. Get, guess who at the time? So Matt, this was I think we did it with the magazine. It was like one of the preview issues, and it was like in terms of trying to decipher and and consider this was maybe six seven years ago. So obviously the way information is distributed and people get things so Change. much better now yeah. than it was. Who do you think made the list is like the most difficult? Bill Belichick. Yes, he was. He was number one. Who do you think was the, the best? I don't know. Mike Tomlin. No. Uh, so six, seven years ago. So he is. I'll give you a hint. He's no longer a head coach. Okay. Mm. Um, There's a lot of them. Won a Super Bowl not long before he retired. Interesting. Um, hmm. Won Mike a... Holmgren. Nope. Um, actually, I can't remember like whether he was good or bad. To be honest with you, Tom Coughlin. No. <laughs> he was bad too. I, I have no recollection of Tom Coughlin one yeah, way or nothing. the other. Give me one more try here as we One continue. more try, then we'll let it move and on. Then we'll just we'll just let it move on. Really? Just um, nice. Gary Kubiak. Yes. Oh, good winner, one. winner, yeah, winner, yeah. winner. Yes. Good call. Because when he was with the Texans and then with the Broncos and it just yeah, that's a good I call, always man. wanted to point out, you know, it doesn't change your ability to have success. And yep. we'll leave it at that. Uh, by the way, last <laughs> week I tweeted something on, uh, I think it was Saturday when the, if, uh, we had all the injury designations and I looked at the Patriots and I was like, why is the whole offense at 100%? Nobody's questionable. <laughs> I said, like, what's Bill up to do? Like, what, what's he doing? It's the reverse He's trying to psychology, trick us right? Yeah, he no, got I mean, in my head a little bit. Once they the are, probable designation went away, I have to say, they got a lot better. Well, they're, they're at 50, there are 53 players on every active roster. The Patriots right now, zero players mispracticed yesterday. Two players were on the injury report. They both practice in full. That's pretty remarkable for week wow. 15. So whether that's a yeah. credit to good fortune or more likely a credit to their training staff. Yeah. Like, there's, great there, job there are a few team teams there. that right now, you know, the, the Chargers have won. But, I mean, the, the Rams, the Chargers have been pretty pretty good. All right, moving along to uh, – that's it. That's all we got for news. So I'm going to tell you guys about four – Hims, just hims actually, because it's a new wellness brand for men. People like me, a man, 66% of men lose their hair by age 35. I am not part of the 66%. The thing is, when you start to notice hair loss, it's too late. Our friend Scott Van Pelt tells about, tells about this all the time. Like, you just gotta let it go at some point, man, if you're gonna go down that path. However, there is a solution to avoid that decision. It's easier to keep the hair you have than to replace the hair you've lost. Is that hairline slowly starting to move backwards? Are there any bald spots yet? Not good. How will you feel a year from now if it's business as usual up there? I ask you this. Do you want a bald spot to pop up, or do you want to do something about it first? Do you want your hairline to recede? 
or do you want to do something about that first? Why do you guys turn to weird solutions or do nothing when they can turn to medicine and science? 4hims.com is a one-stop shop for hair loss, skin care, and sexual wellness for men. Thanks to science, baldness can be optional. It's like extra credit. Hims connect you with real doctors and medical-grade solutions to treat hair loss. You answer a few quick questions, doctors will review, and they can prescribe you. Products are shipped directly to your door. And if you order now, our listeners get a trial month of Hims for just $5 today, right now, while supplies last. See website for details. And this would cost you hundreds if you went to a doctor or a pharmacy. So instead, go to 4hims.com slash FFF. That's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash FFF. 4hims.com slash FFF. Game preview. Game preview. Game preview. Great stuff there. I mean, I am looking forward to this Thursday night game so much. There are so many ramifications here. If the Chargers have any chance of capturing the AFC West, they need to win tonight against the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chargers travel to Kansas City, and there are massive, huge injury question marks going into this game. In terms of the players that are healthy, you're starting from the Chargers. You're starting Phillip Rivers, and you're starting Keenan Allen. But Stefania. The story of the week going into this game is the availability of Melvin Gordon. We are now just nine hours on the nose away from kickoff. Your read on Melvin Gordon's availability would be what? Melvin Gordon told reporters that he's a game-time decision. That is still the position of the team. He is a game-time decision. The official announcement, you will not hear it until they are due 90 minutes before kickoff. But I would make the case that everything is setting up for Melvin Gordon to play. Now, the reason why, because we saw that he was doing really good things in rehab. I posted some Instagram video of him doing his physical therapy, look good. And, you know, everything's been on a steady trajectory upward. He returned to practice this week on a limited basis. He was available to reporters and talking to them about his status for Thursday. I mean, all these little things that you integrate. He returned for consecutive practice the following day. Everything about what's happened so far makes you think that he is likely to take the field, barring some surprise. However, it's also worth noting that when you miss a couple of weeks, as Melvin Gordon has, and you have a knee injury so that there is downtime from running, you are not necessarily going to be in football shape. So when all you've had is two limited practices and essentially three weeks worth of time coming off an injury, you're not necessarily ready to go in and take your usual complement of snaps. It's not a question so much of, worrying about his MCL, so to speak. But is he in football shape? Can he handle the workload? Look how much Melvin Gordon has done for them. If you go back and look at some games where he's essentially been the workhorse throughout the game, I don't necessarily see that happening. I see him potentially being um, you know, rotated in and out to give him breathers. And some of it will be fluid as they evaluate how is he responding. You know, if his knee starts getting sore as the game goes on, that also could limit his activity for the you know first game back. But I believe that you will see Melvin Gordon tonight. I just don't know how much you'll see of him tonight. Okay, so there's at least a chance he is going to play. Mike, using that information from Stefania, we move forward and ask this question. Is it as simple as if he plays, you play him? Barring some ridiculous scenario where you have (laughs) Saquon and Zeke and Alvin Kamara. like for the normal fantasy football person that has not been blessed by the highest of gods in fantasy this year, if Melvin Gordon plays, are you playing him? 
Yeah, I, I think so. I, I mean, the cutoff for me would be maybe I have a Joe Mixon and maybe I got Aaron Jones on waivers. Like, and, and I only need two. Like, I need a receiver, my flex, something like that. Maybe sure. in that scenario, you say, I don't need to take this risk. I'll go with those two guys. But as you pointed out, the odds are he's likely one of your best running backs. I think that if you have him, you can, you can go forward with him. Listen, he, he could be limited in this game. He's not going to be a workhorse, most likely, but. He wasn't. It's not like he was getting ninety percent of the touches in the first place. You already had Austin right. Eckler. Austin Eckler was rotating for Austin no Eckler, question. who we're pointing out, also already ruled out for this right, game. Right, right. So even if he rotates with Justin Jackson, he could still have a good fantasy day. He could still catch five footballs, and let's say he gets twelve carries and five or six targets. I mean, he could still put together an RB one season at his level of play. He's been outstanding in fantasy. This is a high scoring offense. If I have him, which I do in a playoff game, I'm very strongly leaning towards starting him. It's a very yeah. good matchup. It's a favorable matchup as well, right? No it's doubt. It's a very favorable matchup, and I know a lot of people have read into the fact that they are promoting Tremaine Pope from the practice squad as, oh, yes, Melvin Gordon isn't going to play. Forgetting that Austin Eckler is already ruled out. Right. It's conventional wisdom that you're going to want to have at least three running backs active during game day, if not four in some cases, based off what kind of role they have on special teams. So keep an eye on Melvin Gordon. Keep an eye on perhaps Justin Jackson, who I think we consider as a like low end low flex. flex. Yeah. yeah. Maybe even outside of that. Just yeah. I think it's hard to have a lot of trust in Justin Jackson. Yeah, remember this this running back this uh Chargers backfield is number two in the league in fantasy points by running backs. So they're only seven behind the Saints, so there's a lot that can be had with Eckler out here by Jackson. So I'm with you. I think he's a fringe flex. Don't feel great about starting him, especially during the fantasy playoffs here. But it, by the way, if Gordon's out, I mean certainly he's a fringe top fifteen option. Yes. I would I would say this. We talk about this on Thursday nights. So there's a lot of pregame. You know, Melvin Gordon, I imagine, will go out, go through pregame warm, so they'll do all that. So, you know, be on your social media or watching the yeah. pregame yeah. and getting yeah. some of that information. But if I had to set my lineup right now, I would set it feeling very encouraged about Melvin Gordon's status. By the way, this isn't the London game where you were sleeping and Gordon was rolled <laughs> out and you missed it. Okay, that's it's sort of honest mistake. This is not like that. You have plenty of time. You'll be awake. Uh, most people around the world, you should be on top of this one. What do you got here, dude? Obviously, it's not you know totally apples to apples. Although I don't know why fruit can't be compared, but uh, <laughs> we're talking about Melvin Gordon and Justin Jackson. I asked Kyle if they were to split touches, just fifty fifty, just to make it easy across the board. That would be thirteen and a half touches for both Melvin Gordon and Justin Jackson if they were to give him that limited workload. Thirteen and a half touches of Melvin Gordon with how efficient they are. I mean. It feels like you're still getting decent RB2 production out of a guy like that. Exactly. Yeah, no question. Melvin Gordon, the 50-50, slip, uh, 50-50 snap count or 50-50 touch count, I'd still feel okay about playing him. Obviously, doesn't have quite the upside as some of the other running backs that we normally rank him near, but we feel pretty good about that. Uh, we mentioned feeling pretty good about Phillip Rivers. I sort of always feel good about Phillip Rivers. However, this week in particular, <laughs> and Kyle, IBM's feeling pretty good about Phillip Rivers as well. If you can tell us more about Phillip in the IBM Inside of the Week. Thanks, Field. IBM Watson gives him a 10.8 chance to boom this week, which would mean over 27 points and an 8% chance to go under 15 points in a bust. He struggled in Arrowhead. What do you think? Over wow, I like I like that Daniel is giving like a little the sign version of what he's reading. It's very cute. Um, the Chargers have lost nine straight games against the Kansas City Chiefs, which is one of those things that's been talked about a lot this week. Uh, and Phillip Rivers is not often always the issue, right? But he's been red hot so far this so year. The Chiefs, defense can't cover, the Chiefs defense cannot cover anybody right now. So the bust means under 15 points. Like, 
I feel like if the floor is 15 points, it's already a good thing. Mike, yeah. if you've got the 27 point, that's not, is that your projection or is that Watson's projection? No, I believe that's Watson, but, so, uh, but you know, if it's pretty... me against Watson, you trust me first and then Watson's your backup, right? So right. Watson I mean, artificial has intelligence a massive has ceiling. It's a massive ceiling there for Philip Rivers. Yeah. You got to feel pretty good about this. I've got him at four. Fine's got him at three. You've got him at five. We all feel very confident in Philip Rivers tonight. Yeah, I think so. I mean, the only red flag is what Kyle just threw in there at the end, which is important, which is his recent struggles at Arrowhead Stadium. His last four point totals there, 6, 9, 15, and 7. Two passing touchdowns, six interceptions, two, just over 250 passing yards per game. Right, that's a little bit of a red flag. But the Chargers offense wasn't playing this well in, during most of those say, games. They've been much better. Right? So, yeah. And and, I was like, is four games enough of a sample size at a, at not, a stadium to think that, like, oh, there's something about Arrowhead that, like, triggers Phillip Rivers to play poorly? Yeah, I, not necessarily. Uh, you know, I, we all, I think, <laughs> agree it's a, a tough environment to play in, for sure. I got rep- I got reprimanded for not, you know, when we speak of Arrowhead, it requires, you're on top you of know. It today. No, I'm not really. I, I wasn't looking at. at you, though, so that scared I got me. Yelled at. I got yelled at in my ear, and I could, uh, I uh, no longer could hold back. So I'm sorry I just interrupted your nice. Yeah, I was going to go Dissertation. Let's, yeah. let's talk about why not to overthink this here. I mean, look at how good this Chargers offense has been this season. Two-plus offensive touchdowns in every game this season. There was a one point around midseason where they were the only team that could say that. They have three-plus in nine of 13 games. The Char- or the Chiefs defense also has allowed three-plus touchdowns in nine of 13 games. They've allowed two-plus in all but one game this season. So kind of a very similar dynamic. It suggests the Chargers, who are near the top of the NFL in touchdowns and also eighth in field goal attempts, should be able to score a lot of points in this game. They're getting down the field. They're getting to the red zone. They're scoring touchdowns. They're kicking field goals. And uh, Rivers should have plenty of time to score a lot of touchdowns. By the way, the Chiefs defense have allowed four top four fantasy quarterbacks this season that is allowing guys to get to that ceiling in fantasy just Rivers curious can be is, that, is that the is it the most by any team in the league uh i don't know that answer i would have to look but it's up there it's certainly up there. why do we have this guy on the show i don't know <laughs> he can't answer simple maybe questions. this question should have been brought up in the pre the pre-show meeting field <laughs> that's all, right. all that's Mike, all I'll we kid say. we kid because we love we do love ourselves from philip rivers today uh, we talked about the running backs we talked about the wide receiver keenan allen he has been money in the bank those are really the players that you feel most comfortable playing Against the Chiefs tonight, if you have been riding the Chargers defense to this point, which would make some sense because they've been pretty mm-hmm. good, my suggestion, and I'm willing to be told otherwise, is to set them tonight. I the agree. Chiefs are <laughs> freaking good. Yeah. I agree. This could be a, I think I have a 33-27. Uh, I'm jumping ahead again. Wow. I won't tell you who I picked. I will not tell you who I picked to win until later, but I have a 33-27. That's I a lot of points. I I'm going to guess. Mm, okay. We'll find out in I'm just a right moment. Now. We'll take a quick break and come right back and talk about the Chiefs. All right, guys, and now it's time for another edition of the ZipRecruiter Smartest Fan of the Week. Hey, this is Josh Buck, the ZipRecruiter Smartest Fan of the Week, and I want to say congrats to Oppo and Casey, who had an amazing wedding last weekend, where... Much like Saquon shredded Matthew's beloved Redskins, I shredded the dance floor and perhaps had a few too many IPAs. Can we get a ringing the bell episode focused on hangover recovery soon? <laughs> now back to the show. That's pretty good. Nice. Good stuff right there. Good stuff. I like stuff. that they're referencing the Answering the Bell podcast in only the way that Matthew right could. There. I know. There was, there was a lot of references. We got IPAs in there. Oh, yeah. That was. That was, ref- yeah. that was uh, impressive. 
I'm a little under the weather right now. I kind of feel like I have a hang. I didn't actually, I didn't have any beers last night, but I've, I've been, we're trying to grind through this podcast, not feeling great. Kind of Poor field. I, I know it's that hangover. time of year. See, Everybody's it's just like hurt. everybody thinks it's yeah. just the NFL. It's not just the guys on the field. Yeah. You know, you guys are both feel. One of us is healthy. Star Yeah. Yeah, that's all right. I I had my moment earlier in the season. Just to mention, I don't think it's really worth belaboring, but just mention it. You're playing. I think I said this at the beginning of that Charger segment. You're playing Keenan Allen. He's amazing. Mike and I have him as the number one wide receiver this week. Stefania has him at four. So we are all in on Keenan Allen. Let's get to the Chiefs now. Obviously, you are starting Patrick Mahomes, the NFL MVP this season, and Travis Kelsey, who has been the best tight end in football, at least in the AFC. Him and Zach Hurts have just been otherworldly this year but again a lot of injury question marks here stefania let's go i would say in order of question mark going into tonight because sammy Watkins has been ruled out so that part we already know but of the other two spencer ware seems like he is unlikely to play so yeah i guess i just worked backwards but i mean these are easy right sammy Watkins out with the foot problems spencer ware doubtful so at you already know Spencer Ware is not going to play with this. But he had a combination of shoulder and hamstring issue in last week's game. When you're doubtful, uh, you hardly ever take the field. So um, I'm already planning on Spencer Ware being ruled out before the game happens. But then you've got Tyreek Hill. And that's that's the one that was really question mark. And for me, actually, when we did our rankings, I did not rank him because it sounded like he was so uncomfortable as far as his heel issue from Sunday's game that uh, I was wondering how could he possibly play four days later. Um, really, the lack of the recovery time had me concerned. He comes into tonight listed as questionable. He's been out there in practice every day. Uh, the expectation is that he's going to play. Andy Reid has been hinting all along that Tyreek Hill will take the field. It was pretty interesting because if you look at last week's game, he left with the heel injury, was called questionable to return, came back in and out. You could see at times that he was very uncomfortable. He gave a lot of credit to the training staff for wrapping his foot, kind of supporting it through the game so he could get through it. My only concern from a fantasy perspective is he will play. It sounds like he will play, even though he's questionable. It sounds like everything is pointing to him playing. What happens if during the game this suddenly becomes a a problem that he can't overcome and they got to pull him out? Now, uh, we're saying that with a lot of people. And if Tyreek Hill is playing, I'm not suggesting in any way that you would sit him. But I am saying... He probably drops in vet. You know, I have to really evaluate where I'm going to rank him because he comes down a little bit for me just because I'm so worried about yeah, that. We don't have the luxury of, hey, well, if he starts to play and then doesn't finish playing, like your decision is made, obviously, before the game has begun. Understanding there is some risk here, Mike, I think it's still hard for me to not want to play Tyreek Hill if he is active tonight. Yeah, if the number one scoring fantasy receiver is active, you got to yeah. fire him up for sure, unless you have some inside information here. So, I mean, we've talked about this a few times this week. He has owned the Chargers as well. That's another reason to like him. I mean, it's good. If you average one touchdown per game at all or against the team, that's great. He averages two touchdowns per game in his career in three games against the Chargers. He has been outstanding uh, in that regard, over 400 yards from scrimmage in those three games. So he's had their number. You know, he's not going to be shadowed by Hayward. Most likely he hasn't been throughout his career as well. I know he's not fully healthy, but man... He is just his two number one overall uh, fantasy weeks over the past four weeks. So, guy's been lighting it up. This and because he, because he has the potential, because we saw what he did when he was clearly hurting on Sunday, and he has the potential to be this one big play guy. So let's say mm-hmm. he does something and then he's out. He's probably already put fantasy points on the board for you if if that's the case. So, yeah, I I just you know 
people will say, oh, are you starting him? So he must be healthy. Or if he plays, he must be healthy. He's not healthy. I think he can still be productive. But just uh, keep in mind that that this is not going to be your 100% healthy Tyreek Hill. Indications are he will play, not at 100%. Along those lines, a lot of people are saying it's going to, a lot of us are saying, like, listen, you probably have to play Tyreek Hill. Right. That's, that's sort of the mm-hmm. end takeaway right. of all this. Uh, for the running backs, it's a little bit less obvious here because Damian Williams, we think, will be the starter in Kansas City tonight. Should should Spencer Ware sit with Sharkandrick West and Daryl Williams serving as a backup? Mike, do we feel confident that Damian Williams is the guy that's stepping up here as the starter? We feel like he's the chief you can play in fantasy tonight? He's the chief you can start in fantasy, but I worry about his ceiling. I mean, I, you love the Andy Reid offense and what it's done for running backs throughout his career, but I'm just worried it's it, Williams' role is kind of capped. And I was going to mention this stat yesterday. You didn't have it in front of me, and you, of course, gave me a hard time. So I'll drop it now. <laughs> uh, you look back at his career. Th- he's averaging 3.3 yards per carry this season. He's never been above 3.9 in his career, and he's also never had more than 23 catches in a season. There is a reason for that. He's a very limited runner, and he's a fine, above-replacement-level pass catcher, we'll say. But I, I think that he's not built to be a workhorse. Last week, played did play 41 snaps, but he only had 12 touches compared to 20 for Spencer Ware. He only had 30 yards. Ware had 129. He was not effective either. So there's a lot of reasons to believe that this will be a committee, and we'll see Daryl Williams. We'll see Sharkandrick West, and honestly, I hope we see Daryl Williams. He's a big back. He could catch the football. I hope they give him some run in this game, maybe 20, 25 snaps and see what he could do. All right, Daryl Williams behind Damian Williams. That being said, we still, at least Mike and I have Damian Williams as a top 25 play tonight. I've got him at 19. You've got him at 23. Obviously, Spencer Ware's official status will come down around 6.50 this evening, but all the signs are pointing towards him not playing. Mike, I am here. I, I hear you on all of the stats about how Damian Williams has not had great success as a runner in the NFL. The one thing that I always caution against is that some runners need that opportunity to get going. They need to get into a rhythm, for lack of a better term. And I think there's a chance that if Damian Williams finally has a game where he gets 15 or 18 or even 20 carries, he could chunk together, piece together some good chunk runs and uh, you know, maybe enough over 100 total yards as a rusher and a receiver with a touchdown, which would be good enough to justify having him in your lineup. Well, no question. Volume is king, right? So if you tell me he's getting 15-plus carries, I'm with you. Yep. Sure. Uh, Chris Conley would be the next man up amongst the Chiefs wide receivers with no Sammy Watkins. Do we have any interest in him? Do we have any interest in Kelvin Benjamin? Is there anybody that kind of piques your interest? Maybe it's more of a daily format for those that have been dominated or have been kicked out of the playoffs because of their loss this past week. Mike, like anybody sort of tickle your fancy there? Uh, not really. I mean, Conley is a maybe a, like a cash game option, a high, higher right. floor sort of option because he'll be out in the field. He's played over 85% of the snaps the past four games, but is under five targets per game. He only has one weekly finish better than 22nd this season, and the Chargers have been pretty good against wide receivers. Nine of 13 opposing wide receiver units have finished 20th or worse against this defense. So a uh, schedule's been light, but still, that's a pretty nice hit rate by that defense. I mean, if you are playing DFS and you're looking for a Hail Mary especially with Tyreek Hill a little beat up, Marcus Robinson would be that guy. He kind of fits in. When when Hill's sideline, he'll step in there and t- and uh, get an opportunity for some of the big plays. That would be, again, the hot, low floor, high ceiling sort of home run that, that's a low-owned a low uh, a low owned guy in DFS. Yeah, it's week 15. Don't overthink too much right now. Set your lineups with the players that have brung you to this point along those lines. The Dance usual with suspects. who brung you. Dance with the gal that brung you or guy that brought you, brought you right? Whoever it was. Whoever brung you. Uh, Travis Kelsey, number one ranked tight end for us this week. He has been unbelievable all season. 
Stefania's going to tell us about 23andMe. And then for those of you that have been knocked out of the playoffs, don't you fear. We've got some dynasty talk coming up on the other side of this live read. Now, for December 25th. That's Christmas. The 23andMe DNA kits, Ron. You should. You have small children. Um, 23andMe helps you understand what your DNA can tell you about you and your family story. It's named for the 23 pairs of chromosomes that make up our DNA. A 23andMe DNA kit is the perfect gift for everyone you love. Maybe even the ones you don't. <laughs> wow. There's what is ne- Devon you're suggesting there? <laughs> you know, look, spice up the holidays. She looked at me, too. There's never been a better way to give the gift of genetic discovery to your parents, your siblings, your aunts, your grandparents, and everyone else on your list. It's the one gift you can buy the entire family that will be unique for each loved one. 23andMe Health and Ancestry Service includes more than 90 personalized genetic reports that offer DNA insights on what makes you unique. It's easy to do. You simply spit into the tube provided in your 23andMe kit, register your sample to your personal 23andMe account, and in a few weeks, you receive your personalized online reports. Your Ancestry Composition Report, for example. With 23andMe Ancestry Composition Report, you can explore where your DNA is from out of over 150 regions worldwide. For wellness, you can learn how your genes play a role in your well-being and lifestyle choices. Muscle Composition. For instance, do you have the genetic muscle composition common in elite power athletes? Yep. <laughs> Clearly, I mean. I think you should take the test and bring me the results to prove that. Studies have found that almost all elite power athletes have a specific genetic variant in a gene related to muscle composition. You might have that version of the gene too. With 23andMe's Muscle Composition Report, you can explore the link between your DNA and your muscle composition. You can also, with the Traits Report, explore the genetics behind your appearance and your senses. For instance, we mentioned this yesterday, mosquito bite frequency. Mm-hmm. How sweet are you? Some people may feel they get more mosquito bites than the people around them. So what makes some people more attractive to mosquitoes than others? Genetics may be partly to blame. Find out all this and more through December 25th. Get 30% off any 23andMe kit. Order your DNA kit at 23andMe.com slash FFF. That's the number 23andMe.com slash FFF. Again, 23andMe.com slash FFF. All right, good stuff there. And, Mike, let's get to your dynasty running back ranks amongst those that are rookies this season. I'd imagine there was a lot of time and effort put into deciding which rookie running back was the best. I mean, in a crowded field, how can you really choose just one? Hey, before we get there, though, let's say this is a really great question from our control room. Are we going to pick this game? What do you guys think? Should we pick it? Oh, my gosh. Complete oversight by me. Feels is under the weather, and we did not bail him out. It's uh, weird because usually robots don't get sick. And so like fields, his, his body is like that finely tuned machine where like one thing gets in there and it all just comes crumbling apart. You know what I mean? He is Chris. What is the, what's the guy's name from uh, Parks and Rec? That's, that's you, Chris, Chris Traeger. Traeger. You yeah. are Chris Traeger. I, I do draw a lot of inspiration from Chris Traeger. Literally my favorite TV character of all time. Yeah, he's the best. Uh, he's hilarious. Um, all right. Picks him, pick him time. The Chiefs are three and a half point favorites. I'm taking the Chiefs. Michael, how about you? Uh, I'm I'm you know going your score. Yeah, I already gave you the score earlier. Um, I'm going to take the Chiefs as well. Um, I as 33, mentioned, 33-27 is your score. I do have it 33-27, and this is despite the fact that here's a fun fact for you. We didn't okay. we didn't talk too much about Travis Kelsey. He's played nine career games against the Chargers, zero touchdowns. He's never he's really struggled actually against the Chargers. Has never scored a touchdown. 
But I still think, despite that, this, wow. this team's too good at home. Way to rain on all the people in fantasy playoffs who are like, hey, I'm so psyched you gotta, to start I mean, Kelsey. Like you said, it's our you, number you one tight end. Him. You still have to start him. So it's... <laughs> It's just a fun fact. You're There's a lot me. riding in the Yates Duke household on Travis Kelsey's performance. Like, I, I have never been so nervous, not nervous, but excited for a fantasy playoff as Chapin's is right now, like, in, her, in hers right now. She's feeling great about her squad, and Kelsey has been one of her best players. Yeah, way the to Chargers go. Chargers own dare him. speak that evil. Way to go, Mike Clay. Yeah. Okay, all that, you know what, Chapin, I'm on I'm on Team Chapin. I say Travis Kelsey gets a touchdown this week. Mm, there you go. I'm going to take the Chiefs. Starfanyal. We should Starfanyal. have, can we do a... You want to do a bet? Yeah. What do you want to do? I say Travis Kelsey gets a touchdown tonight. Mike Clay, obviously, say, he does not. I will say I didn't say that, but I you, will say that for the purpose of this side or this uh, side yes, bet. We'll did. call it. That was just a fun fact. Like I said, I'm still starting Travis Kelsey, but I'll take it. I'll take I'll take the no side. That's usually a good a good bet. So what are the what are the um the what's the, what's yeah the, the is anti- this going on the regular on the board or is this a, is, is a pair a of socks? Is this a stance socks I, I think bet? this should be a stance socks bet. Okay. okay. Yeah. All right. Done. All right. I will say for a pair of stance socks that Travis Kelsey finds the end zone tonight. I will say for a pair of stance socks he does not find the end zone tonight. Put, Put it in, in the drawer. drawer. Put it in the drawer. We don't have a drop for that yet. So just like <laughs> we're just like open here, like. and shut the drawer. The drawer has been temporarily <laughs> shut. If Travis Kelsey scores tonight. And he goes over to somebody holding an 06010 sign in the crowd. I will retire. Well, I don't know. No, you don't. Want that. <laughs> that would be awesome. That would be awesome. I'm yeah. not going to retire, but yeah, I would yeah. do something. We'll think we of something. Find a way yeah. to we will think of something. On social media. Yeah. 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 Okay. In any event, uh, we picked that game. My apologies for not knowing it. But, Mike, my, my, my super long winded intro was to say that Saquon Barkley is the man. He's the number one running, rookie running back. Yeah, not exactly a hot take. My dynasty running back number two. Only Todd Gurley's ahead. And honestly, if you said. I have a dynasty draft. I'm taking Barkley number one overall. I have no issue with that as well. He's been fantastic. He may be the top scoring running back in fantasy this season. As a rookie, he's been RB 13 or better in all but one game this season. He's young. He's uh, in a situation where he's going to be a workhorse. He can catch the football, score touchdowns, make big plays, does it all. Uh, obviously a great dynasty asset. No debate there. How about Carryon Johnson, number two? A little bit surprising here, Mike, for me. Carryon Johnson, the Lions running back, who, of course, remains hurt. Did not practice again on Wednesday. Yeah, other than Ronald Jones, who we'll talk about later, he's the youngest in this group, so that helps him, obviously. Uh, that pushes him up. Also, I love what I've seen from the, uh, uh, from him this season. He's been terrific. He's averaging almost five and a half yards per carry, qu- kind of quietly. It's been good after contact. That suggests that should be, uh, he should be effective going forward. Any has receiving chops, so catch the football as well. So we're talking PPR dynasty rankings here. These can mostly apply to non-PPR as well. But again, he's been effective. He's still very young, and he can catch the football. I, I, I like his situation a lot. All right. Carry on Johnson comes in at number two. Nick Chubb is number three. I thought Chubb might be your number two pick here, Mike. Yeah, tough one. I've been back and forth on this. I have him them RB11 and RB12, so I'm not going to push either way. But again, Johnson has the advantage of being a few years younger. That helps him a lot. That's true, uh, right? Johnson 22. It, when uh, By the way, the ages I mentioned are, are as of opening day next season. So uh, Johnson will be just over 22. Nick Chubb will be going on 24 at that point. Uh, but again, Chubb has been fantastic since taking over five straight top 13 fantasy finishes we're seeing the targets go up that was a little bit of a red flag but the targets are trending up uh, at the expense of duke johnson that's a good sign for him that'll help me like him a little bit more going forward there's a a touchdown presence there obviously he's a workhorse 
that always trending the right direction with Baker Mayfield. There are a lot of things to like about Chubb as well. Sony Michelle for the Patriots has been their best ball carrier this year. He comes at number four for your running back rankings. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, again, uh, kind of a red flag here would be the fact that he'll be 24 and a half on opening day. So he came into the league a little bit older. I know it's weird to say that's old. So the only time you, you use, but no, only time you use half is when you're like, you know, seven or younger or you're talking about running back ages for dynasty rankings. Yeah, because that's important, right? right. That's like yeah. uh, five years in, in real, uh, like in, in normal human beings years is for a running back shelf life is like what 20 some guys coming out 23 and they're done by 28 or 29 so no question about it so again relatively speaking a little bit older in this group but he's been effective and he's in uh he's in the Patriots offense I'm told that's good good coach good quarterback sure. for yep. at least we'll see how long Brady's around but nonetheless a great situation short term for Sony Michelle all right for the Broncos you've got a Broncos running back here but what it's not Philip Lindsay yeah not quite uh and again we're kind of focusing on that that big top eight Right sure. now, from yep. uh, so so Lindsay's in this mix somewhere, but nonetheless, I still like Freeman RB eighteen for me, fourth highest after contact in the NFL this season, third highest average inbox defender. So this guy, unlike Philip Lindsay, who's been he's had some nice big running lanes, averaging sure. over yeah. four yards before contact. When they need to grind it out between the tackles, Freeman has been that guy, and he has been highly effective. Yards per con- yards for an Africa. That's a good stat right That there, is a Mike. great stat field. Anybody who Telling. tweets about that set knows what they're talking about. They're they are geniuses. I may or may not have. Just retweeted your tweet about the yards <laughs> like after contact stat. leader. So genius work by you. Very predictive stat. Freeman has delivered. Still a young player. I think he'll be fine in this league. All right. Rashad Penny was a Seahawks first round pick. Right now he is sort of their third string running back in some ways. But where does he check in for you amongst Dynasty ranks? Uh, he was He's RB21 right now. I still have high hopes for him. Now I did dock him a little bit because some of these guys uh, in here aside of Royce Freeman, of course, are, are very valuable in fantasy right now. And in-season dynasty rankings need to reflect that. There's there's value for you know short-term as well. He'll be a little higher in the off-season, I believe. Not by a ton, but a little bit. Chris Carson's still in the mix. But nonetheless, yes, he had some injury issues, some some reported weight issues in the off-season. Still averaging 5.1 yards per carry and is in this run-heavy offense with Russell Wilson long-term. They took him in the first round not to be a returner and part-time back, to be their lead back at some point. I still believe in Penny. I was a huge, huge fan of him uh, as a prospect compared to him. Uh, to some other recent running backs who have been fantastic in the NFL so uh, that can do it all after contact, elusive, those kind of things. So really like Penny long-term. Before I get to Darius Geist, Stefania, there's some news here. He tore his ACL, and he's been dealing with what I think has been described and reported as a major setback. What more do you know about Darius Geist and his recovery from that ACL injury that was sustained during training camp? Right, that was actually the first preseason game. And if yeah. you guys go back to August 9th, you remember what happened. Darius Geis, it looked like something happened with his he knee. Fine, yeah. But then he comes over to the sideline, he's jumping around. Like, everybody was like, he's going to be fine because he looks fine. Which is an opportunity to remind you that sometimes the way you look immediately after the injury doesn't tell um, all the tale. And there's a story in the Washington Post, if you're interested, it elaborates on some of the detail. Because now that Darius Geis is coming back, to the facility and, and coming back around his teammates. I think this is coming out now, but he had uh, developed, he developed an infection after surgery. You know, when, when you go into surgery, there's always a risk when you open anything up, there's always the risk of infection. Um, and I will just tell you, this is straight from the Washington post article that he developed an infection after the surgery that lasted two months, required three additional procedures, which he referred to as flushes. We often talk about like flushing the area out when there's surgery to address the infected tissue, prompting seven weeks of heavy rounds of antibiotics 
through a catheter in his arm. Again, that's typical if you're, um, if you have an infection like that, that you would be on IV antibiotics. Um, it slowed his rehab process, obviously, and doctors needed to check on him regularly. So he stayed, he's from the Baton Rouge area. He stayed with family down in Baton Rouge to remain close to Gulf Breeze, Florida, where Dr. Andrews, who did his surgery and all the subsequent procedures, is located. So he was essentially down there all this time and now he's coming back. So we talk about when a guy has an ACL injury in the preseason. Well, the silver lining is at least he's got all this additional time. Now, look, we're in December yep, and you have to essentially consider this square one. You know, the, the good news, the, the good news is it sounds like they've addressed the infection and he's in position to move on. Uh, the one benefit you get, it sounds like he did not have to have his graft redone. You always worry about that when there's infection. Is the integrity of the graft okay? Sounds like they believe it is. He didn't have a revision ACL. If the graft remains fine, it's actually a few months along in terms of healing. What does that mean? It means you can be a little more aggressive in terms of physical therapy. So things you have to be very cautious with in the first few weeks, because it's actually been a few months since the graft was put in, you can actually push him a little bit faster. Concerns are sometimes your knee is stiff because of all this stuff you've been through. Uh, you hope that there's no recurrence of an infection down the line, but there's a possibility that he could be ready still on time for next season. I think any of us to speculate and say he will or he won't would be out of line. We don't know. But is it possible if everything goes perfectly from here on out? Yes, it is. Long term, might this make it harder for him to sustain a long career in the NFL? Sure, because when you have that kind of trauma to your knee, it's just not good for the long-term health of it. A lot of details, a lot of information there, Mike. Where does he stack up in your running back dynasty rankings? Well, listen, I hope he gets healthy, gets back on the field, and is a star in this league. He's still only 21 year old, twenty-one years old right now, so hopefully Young. there's a long, bright future there. I have him at RB22. I've been docking him throughout the season for the fact that he's out for the season and there's, you know, he's unproven in the NFL. I've taken a lot of heat for that ranking being kind of low on him behind guys like Rashad Penny and Royce Freeman, these kind of guys. But again, you just kind of laid out the risk. There's, you know, he, he's never played in the league and he, and he tore up his knee uh, right away. So you have to factor that into your evaluation of him in the offseason. You know, I, I still think uh, there's there's a lot of reason for a lot of hope. If he is back healthy, he'll be the feature back in a Redskins offense that Adrian Peterson has kind of torn it up and guys should be able to do more, handle more, do more as a pass catcher. So still a very, very... Uh, intriguing prospect, but again, factor in a little bit of risk there too. Yeah, Peterson is on a one-year deal, so we'll see whether he is back in Washington next year. I'm not sure there is a franchise with a more uncertain future collectively mm-hmm. than the Redskins. Just the roster has been decimated by injuries, yep. and of Quarterback, course, quarterback, receiver, catastrophic end, situation I mean, right. with Alex Smith. Sounds like uh, maybe not as grave with Darius Geis, but certainly you're not your typical ACL recovery, so a lot of questions there. Last one here, Mike. Another second-round running back was Ronald Jones. He's been banged up, but nothing of the severe variety. He just can't get on the field. No question. He's still a very young, too, so there's still hope here. I went throwing the towel. He's a guy, I remember, coming into the league, you know, it was kind of a like a sigh of relief when he hit 200 pounds on the scales, right? Yeah. It was like, man, he's going to be too small. There's no way he's going to live up to uh, an early-round pedigree. But he, he went to 205. He got drafted early. It has been a major struggle. The efficiency wasn't there in the preseason. He lost out to a guy we thought was a replacement-level journeyman in Peyton Barber. He can't pass him out. He's losing reps to Jaquiz Rogers. He's averaging under two yards per carry, which, you know, again, you don't want to take too much from that, but he's not delivering after contact. And this is a trend. I think he had more carries and rushing yards in the preseason. The guy just can't seem to turn it on. So he's a dynasty stash, but right now you have to, you can't count on him for next season as a lead back right now. You definitely cannot. 
Yeah, it's interesting. You would hope that this team would, I mean, you just would have thought that if they're going to take a running back in the second round, they would have taken the one that is the like surest thing. Like you might even sacrifice stealing a little bit to take a guy that you know could contribute right away. And they did not do that with Ronald Jones. Uh, great stuff there from Mike. The rankings are all available on ESPN.com mm-hmm. through ESPN plus. So we'll get to more of that over next week, probably as of course, we're down to the nitty gritty in season long fantasy football. But before we close the show today, we need to do our ZipRecruiter smartest fan of the week. Daniel Dopp, I turn it over to you, my friend. All right. So this week, the question was, if you could only choose one member of the 0610 to team up for your cornhole league, who are you choosing <laughs> and why? First one comes from Zach Hines. He says, cornhole is kind of an old man sport. So I'm going to go with a guy on the geriatrics team. Not cool. Keith. <laughs> Plus, the hole is really a zero, so as far as Browns fans go, he sure has a lot of experience. Wow. Oh, Interesting. Wow. You know, I, I just Keith is a very he's an excellent athlete, so I would not be surprised if Keith is awesome. Not very No, it's easy. Yeah. It's a good pick. Yep. Good pick right there. All right, Daniel. That's uh, op- uh, option one. Option one. Okay. Option two comes from Cam Tyler. He says, I'll take the official third baseman of the 0610, Evan Longoria. I'll bet he's pretty good at mm-hmm. cornhole. Shout out to Evan Longoria. This one yeah. comes from Trevor Lynn. Says, my cornhole partner would have to be not cool Keith, since I'm terrible at cornhole, and as a Browns fan, he's used to being associated with losers. Wow, two <laughs> votes for Keith already. Keith, wow. they're so harsh. Okay, what or else Keith. we got? This one comes so from nice. Nick Rydell. If I'm going to try to win, the answer has to be Daniel Dopp. Cornhole is a game really? that takes a lot of practice to be good at, and let's face it, what else is there to do during a Lions game? Oh, Ooh. man, a lot of low blows. Oh, man. A lot of low blows. The Lions wow. get a lot of crap for a team that's not that terrible relative to other franchises. Oh, for real. For yeah. real. There's some talent on that roster. <laughs> we just well, I'm just saying, like, the franchise over the past decade, like, have they been decidedly worse over yeah. the past decade than the Jets or the, right. they're just know, still, like, the yeah. Cardinals? I guess the Cardinals have one run, but still, like, right? Yeah. Of, like, wow. People yeah. just think yeah. about that winless season and, right. you know, just no Super Bowls. Yeah. Uh, Joel Moore says, I would choose Stefania because we all know she cheats. What? What? I, I'm sorry. What? <laughs> what? Is that a known, is that what? a known thing? No, that's a Matthew Berryism that obviously we haven't done enough to quash on the podcast because. Wow. Yep. Matthew just makes things up and then sometimes they stick. Are you not aware of this? Any other thing? <laughs> uh, there is one more. This one comes from Lisa Clark. Uh, she says, you know, if I'm going for talent, it's obviously Stefania Bell. Her razor sharp concentration and Herculean arms are simply unmatched. And one key to winning cornhole is strength. So uh, that one comes from Lisa. Wow, Lisa. I mean, I'm flattered and all, but I thought, it, I thought it was the finesse move on the cornhole. I, that's mm. what I've heard as opposed to like that. Yeah. <laughs> No, you do it like Jeffrey Lurie, overhand, 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 it. right in the right. hole, nailed it. All right, so I got to so, figure, by the way, that cornhole's wait. coming back to ESPN two next summer at some point. So just to recap, I love is there anybody it. that stood out? I feel like everybody just said a bunch of mean things yeah. about everybody. Well, so we got a there couple was of one compliments that wasn't for Keith, mean. A couple of compliments, or one for Stefania. Yeah, one for me as a, as a Lions fan. <laughs> um, one for Evan Longoria. One for Evan Longoria. So we've got, we've got Zach with Keith, uh, being the geriatrics because it's an old man sport. That's kind of, that's not very nice. We've got Cam with, uh, the official third baseman of the 06010, Evan Longoria. We have Trevor, uh, with Keith because as Browns fans, he knows what it's like to be surrounded by losers. That was Uh, a little meaner. 
We have Nick <laughs> with me, me uh, because what else are you supposed to do while Lions play football? You've got Joel because Stefania cheats at everything, and Lisa because of the gun show. By the way, the geriatrics co- uh, comment, that's a good reference because that's the, your team name in bowling. So that means he's paying attention, the first guy. So that's accurate. I'll give him credit for that. I know. That's accurate. That wasn't just an old person joke or something like all right, so I, I just be like probably not our like our strongest batch of submissions <laughs> this week compared to previous weeks that we've had. We had that one great submission last week. We had two. We had to right invite some. We, we had to make a sort of we had to. I'm work actually around surprised it. with Field's skill set at cornhole that we didn't get the field. I mean, P- Field actually is good at cornhole. Like to me, that seems like the number one requirement. Really, is that. So we my, would want someone league. to actually we need good to, at the we game. need to like all, we need like uh, an athletic competition because we're doing basketball. We need to do cornhole. I went yeah. I went in on this. I went well, so my I have a football accuracy. And we're totally. I, I have been asking for like a, a, one of these like yeah po- feats of strength podcast. Like, yeah. I think we need we need a we combine. totally need a, combine, a podcast. Right? For yeah, we do. You know yeah, combine. That's a good call. Podcast combine, combine for festival. Let's do it. We need to do this. ESPN offseason program. ESPN plus show or an ESPN minus show. Uh, ESPN minus is pretty strict with the kind of content that we put out on it. So <laughs> you know, I just let me I'll review the proposal okay. and get back to you. How does that sound? All right. that sounds good. Yeah. All right, so let's go with so my, my opinion. I'll not. I think we can all nominate. Like my favorite one was just to keep. Because I want to see some love for Keith. One of the Keith submissions, the second one specifically, was my lean. You're the second one? I'm going to go the first one. Yeah, I would go the first one. I thought the Jared, that was more like. That's knowing what you want to do. I'll tell you, I personally, I actually liked the second one just like uh, Field. My cornhole partner would have to be not Cole Keith since I'm terrible at cornhole. And as a Browns fan, he's used to be associated with losers. You know who we should let pick? Tarika? Yeah, I was going to say Kyle. But okay. <laughs> Keith, Keith, pick. Keith, pick. We both Keith, which one of those two made so you nice feel the best like, as a person? Well, they both made me feel good because it means they at least thought of me. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll take that. Oh, nice. Um, <laughs> do you want it because you're old better. or do you want it because you're a loser? I, 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 well, I mean, <laughs> Way to cut wow. to the chase, I'm Daniel. I'm a loser. Um, <laughs> I would have to go with the first one. Yeah. I agree with Mike that uh, at least recognizing that our team is called the geriatrics, meaning they listen to the, to the podcast regularly. So we'll go with that. Hey, wow. Okay. Like that. Right. There, what was that person's name again? That came from Zach um, Hines. Zach Hines. Zach Hines. Congratulations. You are week 16 ZipRecruiter fan of the week. And I got to be honest to you guys because uh, week 16, I mean, next week we'll be going for the week 17 and we've only got one show that Thursday. And so because of that, we are going to have... Uh, Jackson, who is one of our runners up, has already submitted a couple of things. We're not going to have a question this week because there's only one, uh, one podcast the week of Christmas week. So Jackson will be our ZipRecruiter smartest fan of the week for week 17 as our official fill in. Congratulations awesome. to Jackson. That's pretty good stuff right there. It was super fun though. Thank you guys to everyone all yes, season long yeah, for, for doing this with us. They've been really good. It's been fun. Recruiter has helped us. They played an influential role in not just the men's and women's league, but also Fan of the Week. They've been a big part of it as our presenting sponsor and our live shows. So shout out to you, Zip Recruiter. You do a lot of work for us. We are deeply and thoroughly grateful for all that you do. Also grateful for these two right here for making it through yet another show. Mike Clay NFL on Twitter and Instagram. She is Stefania B87 on Instagram and Stefania underscore ESPN on Twitter. I'm at Field Yates and a reminder, 650 tonight, official word comes down on Melvin Gordon and the rest of the inactives for That's Chiefs right. and Chargers. Enjoy the game, everybody. I'll talk to you on Friday. Peace out.
Geico gets you access to licensed agents 24-7, which means that Geico is always there for you. If only everyone was always there for you, like your wife when you forget your keys at work. Hey, hon, you get my texts? I am looking for the spare house key. Hmm, maybe I can get through the window. Ah, <laughs> turns out the alarm works. <laughs> wow, <laughs> it, it works fast. <laughs> you, you, you should probably call me back. Geico, always there for you, with savings and 24-7 access to licensed agents.